Ever since my eyes met the world, I was breaking through the chains like a match to a flame. I was born against the grain. Oh, oh. They say I'm broken in the brain. Got a shot of kerosene in my veins. Hey, hey, hey. There'll be concern now, cause it's my turn. And I'm only getting hotter. Take a step back, or you might get burned. Cause I'm a fire starter. My name is Ted Stoven. He is Dustin Edwards, and this is episode 148 of Cowboy Shit, the podcast. Calgary Stampede's over, and Canada won four of six events. And I do not know if there has been a Calgary Stampede since the format change that ended that way. Yeah, and with that few Canadians in there, so the numbers, <laughs> you start uh, putting the calculators out and the percentages, they did quite well. good. Quite well. Man, and that was 60, exciting. 66% of the events with uh, 50. 16% of the contestants. Yeah. Not bad. And like, not bad. And you know, I made a post about 200,000 staying in the great white North. And then someone added 400,000. Well, yeah, it could have been, but then they added like Ben Anderson getting second and Kyle, Kyle Lucas, Lucas getting, getting second. second. Like, so, and then I wonder about Jared Parsons. Does he get all the ground money? Do you know what? When they posted up the graphic and it said 50,000 beside his name and then nothing for anybody else. I thought they pay ground money every other day. I have a feeling he should win an extra. He should get it all. He should. So I'm I'm curious. I wonder if maybe there's something in the ground rules that says that's not the case. So he would get I don't know. what's the rest of the ground money? It's another, it's another forty grand. Yeah. Because sec twenty thousand for second, twenty fifteen ten. I think that's right. So that's yeah. another forty five grand. He meant ninety five. Thirty five grand. Eighty five thousand. It's the same thing as like Robert Bowers won eighty five thousand. Yeah. Like back in oh four, maybe he won it. Yeah. I forget now. Anyways. But they want a shit ton of money. Yeah, they did great. And I was on the tarmac with uh, editor Sean Morton watching the, yes. the fours. And like, again, sound like a broken record, but like it's awesome when Canada wins. And that place was going nuts. I bet. Like it was damn cool. Yeah. To see those guys win and then run up there and get the money. Like, hate to say it, but like it was really cool that a guy from wherever won the bareback riding. But when they run up and they say this guy's from Alberta, Canada, that place went nuts. Yeah. It was cool. Maybe that's a hint to our friends at the Calgary Stampede. Hey, it's not that bad when the Canadians win. It's not that <laughs> bad when we have a few Canadians in the uh, in the mix. Uh, but you know what though? Uh, good rodeo. Good Stampede. I, I well, thought... It's better when we win. Yeah, it's way better when we win. If if we were skunked at this, it'd be like, it'd be way mm. different. But it was uh, it was cool to see like all those guys win and like I'm and really now happy looking for at the world standards today, yeah, that's huge. Juiced man. everybody up, and like we talk about with our guest this week, Bo Cooper, like he literally got into the stampede through his CFR qualification. If it wasn't for that, and he had to go through the world standings, he finished 35th last He's year. He's not in. He is not in the stampede. Yeah. Does not win the event. He won two go rounds at the CFR, bumped him up to third in yeah. Canada. Yeah, and if it wasn't for that, he is not collecting so, that check. Kind of important to have the Canadians in the mix, Calgary Stampede. And Anyways, he originally thought it that he got in from the tour. Yeah. Which used to be a spot in. It wasn't the case. Yeah. So so anyways, I think there's some tweaking to do on the new bigger and better format in Calgary. Um but we won't let that overshadow the fact that they kick some ass. Yeah. Took some money. And hopefully next year they can finally get back to a hundred thousand dollar checks for the winners. That'd be cool. That'd too. be cool. Anyways, moving on. We've we've talked about Calgary like three shows in a row. <laughs> uh, TP Creek. I went for the first time. We had a really fun time up there. 
Um, unfortunately, unfortunately, the wagons got canceled the last night, but uh, my first time in teepee, I, I enjoyed the show. Four days in the wild. Yeah. yeah I I'm, used to I'm, announce at rodeo. Yeah. And it was a hell Brett of a good time. Uh, Brett. Brett, yeah. Yeah. And it was a hell of a good time. I remember, um, you know, they had the big, they still the big limo. No, I didn't up. see the limo. So they had time. a limo, and I'm pretty it, maybe sure. Maybe it still exists, but I didn't see it. I'm pretty sure it might have been Keenan Vine's friend of the show last time he fought bulls. Pretty sure it was Keenan. Really? They it drove the limo in at the start of the bull riding right into the arena, and the bullfighters would jump out the limo to start the bull riding. Oh, really? And it was badass, cool. and that place just packs it. When I was up there back then, it was like nitty-gritty dirt band on a Friday night. And, yeah. and when they say four days in the wild, doesn't feel like you're in the wild, but the people are fucking wild. <laughs> it was a party up there. Because what does Teepee Creek have? Like a post office and 10 people? They got a store. Store? There's like no, nothing, but I just see a store. Yeah. Yeah. And it's crazy. But yeah, you had a good good weekend up there. And I used fun. to love it up there. It was fun. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. The only, the only uh, what did I say? There, it, was, it was just solid. The whole thing was solid. Like the, the wagons getting canceled last night were yeah. tough finish. Uh, and then trying to make something up to make it work. Like. You know, it was that was tough finish, uh. But still, yeah, it was fun to hang out. I enjoyed the heck out of uh hanging out with Robert Schmidt, uh, Doug, Doug Young, uh, Ash Cooper was there as well. Oh, was that? Okay. Yeah, Ash was there. We had a lot of fun, and Matt was with me. And then we had another uh friend, Nicole, was helping out, kind of trying to show her some of the music side of things, and and, and you guys she helped us pack up and yeah, set up. Corb up there. Yeah, Corb was there. That was pretty awesome. He's got three shows that were on the same shows this year between Pinocchio TP and then Strathmore next month as well. So, um, yeah, it was, it was awesome. So we're, uh, yeah, finished up there, got home uh, Monday, I guess that was last night and then been home for a while. And we're going to Kelowna this week. And then, uh, Lane, the plant's going to go down to foremost. Matt's going to finish it up. And then, uh, then what? And then Steve's in high river. Okay. So we kind of got three week, three events on the go this weekend. You're uh, rolling. Yeah, and then and then on Sunday, Storm and I fly to Denver to go to Cheyenne Frontier Days on Monday. Daddy. Yeah, but also new news for the folks. Uh, you may be listening now on the PBR Podcast Network. So professional bull riders, uh, pioneers in a lot of things in the Western sports world, uh, but the PBR Podcast Network. So here we are, myself and Dustin, we're uh, part of the part of the crew. So other other shows, uh, Luke Branquino show, Matt West Live, um, as well as according to Flint. And uh, a couple more, so check them all out on the PBR Podcast Network if you uh, if you haven't yet. So yeah, here we are. Gonna be gonna be cool to be part of this network and yeah, see where it goes. Exactly. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. So thanks to the PBR for inviting us in, part of the crew. Uh, but uh, Dustin, you got uh, you got a, you got like five or six weeks straight here coming up too. Hey, eh? you're going to Morris this weekend. Yeah, gonna be a good run. Uh, did the got on the radio for the Chuck Wagon yeah. this weekend. So if you're uh, if you're still on the AM dial and you tuned into nine ten, I got to do some Chuck Wagon hosting for the uh, final few days, which was really cool. Yep, I have not been in the Chuck Wagon world at all, <laughs> and I had to go like down to the barns and do some interviews before the shows. Right on. And the guys are probably like, "Who is this guy?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Except for Ray. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Ray was a beauty. Actually, he's the last guy I seen on my way out Sunday night and said, "Good job." So. Uh, shout out to the wagon drivers for being cool. Last time I was friends with them, well, not friends with them. Last time I was around them, we played the horseshoe cup. Remember oh, Ted and yeah. big guy. It was just yeah. Chuck wagon guys beating the shit out of Cowboys and vice versa. On the ice. 
so much fun. Yeah. Then we partied with each other after. Like that was great. That was great. So no, bring that back. (laughs) So lots of fun uh, doing that. Yeah, we go to Morris and uh, nice tour rodeo there, and then we go tour rodeo the hat, medicine hat, medicine hat, and then uh, slingshot into Bruce for the Sunday fun day there in Bruce. Yeah, on the way back from medicine hat. Yeah, so going to be a nice couple weeks here uh, ahead on the rodeo circuit and. uh, just finished my first day of my new job today. Yeah. Uh, Congrats. Did we talked about that last show. Yeah, we kind of talked, talked about, about it. The transition. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. You got into the dome. Got to see where you're gonna be sitting. Yeah, I got my game. new office in the saddle dome, and yeah, uh, that's cool. Yeah, lots of excitement. Do you have a window? Uh, no. No window. No, there's not a lot of windows in there. <laughs> uh, I'm not in the in the basement of the saddle dome or the uh, roof, which I think some people are. Oh, really? So Where I'm just kind of on the. Ma- well, they got people up everywhere. In there. Yeah. In there? yeah, it's it's pretty cool, man. There's offices where you'd have no idea. There's really? Offices, yeah. No it's way. really cool. So where does your where is yours? Like if I'm going to a game, uh, you know. So if you're in the Telus uh, Club, up Dutton's, top, uh, Telus Club in the like oh, in the, the bottom the bottom row, yeah. um, the door like to where my office goes is just like right there. So when I pop out the door to the concourse, I'm like right by the suites oh. and uh, on the end of the Dutton's lounge. Really? Yeah. Super cool. No windows. No windows. But you get some uh, offices with the windows because there are some. But you got to be important. Oh, you got to be like Craig Conroy. You'll be fancy. Or the CEO. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But uh, it's still super cool. I'm super pumped. Right on. Yeah, it's gonna be cool, man. I got to go up in the catwalk today, and, and this is Tuesday. You started the... on Monday. Yeah. yeah and, the, and day one was the golf tournament. Yeah, Cottonwood <laughs> private course. Yeah. Which you get lessons at. Yeah, yeah. And I uh, got to golf there, and. uh I was teamed up with uh, two uh, two ladies from the office, and we we shot a seventy five. With and uh, and the and the one girl like could crank the ball. Oh really? Yeah, like she out drove me on a couple holes. Right on. She was really good. Right on. And uh, so it was super fun. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, great great start. Uh, it's been a great week. Okay, I'm glad to hear it. Yeah, glad to hear it. And I've been hanging out here. That's right. Moved in. Uh, what? <laughs> Sunday, yesterday? Yeah. Monday. Monday. Yesterday. Monday. But yeah. This is night two. So we've had our first dinner uh, as a trio, uh, and uh, and we get to do our first podcast in person. In person, it's always nice. Yeah, so it's been uh, just a hell of a good week, man. Right on, awesome. Well, that that's a good start to the show. So uh, thanks everybody for tuning in. Our interview with uh, with Bo Cooper, the 2023 Calgary Stampede champion, coming up right after this. Thanks for staying with us, and uh, talk at you soon. All right, welcome to episode 148 of Cowboy Ship. My name is Ted Stoven. He is Dustin Edwards, and our guest today, Dustin, do you got this bio? Are you? Well, I can, are you can do the uh, intro. I can give an intro. You're probably for better. Him. You've probably done this a few times. I can give him an intro. Handing it You're off. the announcer. <laughs> yeah, he's a pretty special guest. He's uh, currently the number nine man in the world standings in the PRC and the tie down roping. He is the number four man in the Canadian standings, Canadian finals qualifier last year in the tie-down roping, uh, former PRCA resist-all rookie of the year. He's shot himself a couple of pretty good-looking bucks in his life. He's a former FCA team roping champion, LRA calf roping champion, but I think most importantly today, he's the now reigning $50,000 Calgary Stampede champion. Welcome to the pod, Bo Cooper. Hey, thank you, thank you. I think the most impressive thing though is the deer he shot. I mean, yeah, I was gonna say oh. that. I think that might be my favorite stat. <laughs> out of all the out of all the stuff I I said, yeah, uh, the deer. This guy's a hell of a hunter. But Bo, you're a hell of a tie down roper, and you've had a 
pretty impressive start to your career. I guess we might as well just jump right to, I mean, we set it off the air, but uh, your phone's probably just been going nuts since Sunday because uh, at Sunday around three o'clock, you hoisted up a check for 50 grand. Yeah, my phone has been going absolutely crazy. I think I got back to my rope can and uh, I had like over 400 uh, messages. Uh, it was absolutely nuts. I didn't get back to everybody. I think today I finally sent out the last thank you. <laughs> it Holy. was, it was Bo, uh, Bo was one of those really nice guys, just so everybody knows that he would respond to all everybody. 400 of them. That's, that's what yeah. I like about you, Bo. I I did I, I I did respond to every single one of them. But I want you to tell I want you to say what you said to me. I said, "Has your phone ever been this busy?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the only other time was in in March, right after Houston. But uh, it was a little different that the, that getting blown up. I was wanting to throw my phone out then. <laughs> Holy ah, uh, okay. How many people phoned you? Honestly, not as many as I was expecting. Uh, Just a bunch of text messages. Just a bunch of text messages. Um, yeah, I uh, just like some some good good buddies from back home that called me and and my, your grandparents. Yeah, and my my grandpa and, and just people that were that were real close to me. Uh, so I guess let's let's go back to Calgary. Um, I mean that's obviously the hot topic. Um, you tie a seven second run in the final four round. Just take us through your Calgary Stampede first off, because. Uh, what a whirlwind of a week it was. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I guess the first first round in Pool A uh got started off pretty decent. I won third in that round. Um, you know, I was just glad to be back there in the first round. Excited. Um, that was the first time I'd rode that little mare at a big rodeo. So I was a little nervous about what she was going to be like, but um. She ended up being badass, and uh, I, I actually lost my stirrup, my right stirrup in that first round, and so I just kind of had to bail off, <laughs> kind of wild, but it worked <laughs> out. And then uh, second round, I come back and made a damn good run again, but I got the jerk down. Um, she was kind of just running and off to the left a little, pretty strong, and I was kind of out there on the end of my rope. I couldn't really do much. Um that's actually a really good go for that calf because she kind of wants to come up the end of the rope anyway. So uh, anywhere else would have been would have been sweet. But um, and then the third round um, had a really good calf. She freaking dove off there to the right, and we picked her off. And um, that was actually my fastest run ever. That was my that was my personal best there. I only got to hang on to that one for about five days, and then I. <laughs> Come back and knocked her off again with the what seven were flat. Were you seven two on that run or seven three? Seven two. Yeah, seven yeah. two. Yeah. My my previous one was seven three before then, uh in twenty twenty one, my rookie year at Red Lodge, Montana, but I won like fifth place, so that wasn't that cool. <laughs> Jeez. What makes it so fast in Red Lodge? Oh, I don't know. It was just like the setup was so fast and the calves were just like good little Corianis. I think I think six seven wanted or something just stupid. And then on uh, on Sunday you come back uh, for the finals, and what it was it eight flat that got you back into the four round? Yep, yep. So then uh, eight flat in the twelve man. I uh, honestly it was kind of a little, little bit of a 
desperation run, I guess I, you could say. I don't really know how to put it, but like I just from the moment I nodded, I was like, holy man, I'm late. I was just like I knew I was kind of behind. And so I reached at her and uh, luckily I got her turned around. And then um, when I went to get my first wrap, she just she went to stick a leg and kind of strain. And I mean, just just lucky that I got my first wrap on and, and got my hooey how it did because she was wanting to get up and I mean that was a little bit of luck there and then um yeah and then we got to the four man and uh by that time I was it was game on and we just I, I pretty well knew it was it was happening I didn't know I was gonna be seven flat but I was uh I had a pretty good feeling that this was all coming together and uh yeah I knew I needed to take a way better start Ty Harris he was uh, he said, don't, don't back off. He said, you need to get rolling. And, uh, Shane said, Shane, Shane Hans, she actually run that calf. Um, the third pool, uh, the third day he was seven, seven on her. And he's like, she's real good. Just, she's kind of a little bit leggy flanking. Um, and so they, they give me them, those two pieces of information and it's kind of what I went with. And, uh, I damn sure got me a start and picked her off right there and was having to, um, I was kind of, I tried to go to the inside with my slack and then realized that wasn't going to work at the last minute. So I pulled it back to the outside and was just bearing down, trying to keep her standing after, after Riley jerked his down. I wasn't wanting to get the jerk down. <laughs> well, I mean, you, that, the emotion, you knew you were fast, obviously right away. Uh, how long till you looked up at the, at the score clock or could you see it right after you got up? You know, that's, uh, that's, that's the moment that I've been waiting for, for my freaking ever since I started roping calves, you know, when you rope the dummy and you kind of run those scenarios through your head and you're like, Oh man, you gotta be whatever seven, two to win the rodeo. And, um, yeah, so that I knew when I threw my hands in the air, I thought I was actually six. I was, <laughs> I was pretty ecstatic. Yeah, I you know, and I the only other time I had that feeling too was at Houston, but it only lasted about two seconds. Oh, <laughs> at man. least this one, this one was this one was way cooler. I when I threw my hands in the air, I looked I looked back at the box and I could see Shane, and he was about four foot off the ground, jumping in the air, and I said that's the only time he's ever been taller than me. And him and <laughs> he, he he said he said I was he said I was jumping so high I thought I was gonna kick Catalina in the ass. And, uh, yeah, him and him and him and Ty were freaking hooping and hollering. And that's what made me, uh, made me freaking, uh, do that kind of walking back. And then I got a pretty cool flick out of that one. I think I'm going to have to frame that picture. Put it right beside the big check. Mm-hmm. Uh, go, I got to go back to the 10 round. So I didn't actually get to watch. The ten round we were in uh, Pool D up in TP Creek, uh, but <laughs> pool, D. pool D. It used to be Pool C, but now it's Pool D. Uh, but, yeah. But uh, but the ten round. So you're eight flat, and like eight flats, you know, a solid calf rope and run like most places you go. But to make it back, like sometimes that ten round can be one of the more difficult places. Like you got to beat a lot more people in that one. So like yeah. Where'd you end up? I don't. I don't actually know, and I didn't look back at anything to know where you ended up. Like where you came back, what spot? Yeah, like if you remember to last year, the that ten man was the toughest round of calf roping I've ever seen in my life. I think 
I want to like seven three didn't even make the final four. Yeah, and uh, it, was, it was a knife. I want to yeah. say, like, I want to say like eight one was tenth or something like just absolutely nuts. And uh, yeah, so luckily for me, I kind of roped down there towards the bottom, and it wasn't just going. You know, it wasn't shaping up to be like just super tough, but um, yeah, I kind of knew that I just needed to. Still had to be fast, but um, you know, it, it wasn't like I had to go all out and try to be six. But um, it seems like eight flat is kind of like just that magic number for calf roping that, like, if you just get a good start, you know, three swings, turn her around put a wrap or two on her, you know, you're kind of right there at eight flat. It's, it seems like most times. So really? it's kind of interesting that ha- that happens to be eight, eight seconds as well. <laughs> yeah, it is kind of weird, huh? Pretty good rodeo number. Um, well, and it was funny, like, and, and you were talking about that round. Um, it was kind of n- not a comedy of errors, but like, you know, there was some very uncharacteristic, no time. Some guys didn't like, I think was it Ty Harris didn't rope his calf in the back of the head and a couple of guys got flagged out and it was, it was kind of <laughs> was- like, that was Haven. That, that oh, it was his. Haven. Yeah, it was Haven. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it was kind of like, man, this is like I thought it was going to be like the year before, where it was going to be like, man, you're going to have to be, you're going to have to be dirty rank in this calf yes. to get through. And and then all of a sudden, as it went on, it was like, well, this this was okay, but uh, mm-hmm. but it but it wasn't uh, it wasn't like it was the year before. You're you're certainly right there. Yeah. But yeah, no, it was uncharacteristic. Like Haven, that might be the only one he's missed all year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's so crazy. Those moments happen. So I guess a question for you is: Did you, do you got the calf? I I remember was it Morgan Grant when he won? He he kept the yep. calf. He won the hundred thousand. You got that calf at home or what? Yep. Well, I'm trying to get it home. Freaking Logan sent me a snap. He's sending her to dog pound. So I don't know. <laughs> She's she's going to one more rodeo. I don't. Hopefully, hopefully they don't win it on her there, and that guy wants to buy her too. <laughs> the only thing with dog pound is he probably can afford to buy her after. Yeah, yeah. You have a sweet buckle. That's true. Yeah, that's that, true. Uh, it was still cool. You got a dog pound buckle, Bo? I do not. I'm. Uh, shoot, I think I'm one of the only guys that don't have one. My cousin Adam, he got one. He I got two. Actually. I think he's he got he got two of them. I think, but. Uh, yeah, no, I, I told, I told Logan, I wanted to buy it. Turns out she's a heifer too. So that's even cooler, but she, uh, I bought, I bought my Houston calf too this year, that little yellow and I got her home. She's like 350, 400 pounds. Now she's big, but um, price price of hay this year, you're going to need to, going to need that 50,000. Yes. (laughs) No kidding. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to get her home too. And then I'll have two, two little heifers next year, maybe. Dang. So, but, so, okay, why did you buy the Houston one, though, if, with the, what happened? <laughs> Man, honestly, I would just, I wanted something out of the Houston deal. I always yeah. wanted to buy my calf that I, that I want a big rodeo on, and, um. You won Houston, eyes, so. You, yeah. yeah, in my eyes, I felt like I won Houston, so I, I told, uh, Chad Hyatt that I wanted to buy her, and honestly, that's the cheapest calf I bought this year. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. I bought a bunch of practice calves this spring too, but the Houston calves, that's been the cheapest one. How do you, how do you get a calf back to Canada? Like, do you just huck her in the trailer with your horses or what do you do? Oh, um, I actually had to leave her in, uh, Sheridan, Wyoming. My good buddy, John Kane, he looked after her for me for a month and got all the tests done on her. And then we got her back 
uh, across the border. My aunt, Kareen Shuckberg, she, she hauled them back for me. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's not, it's just takes a little time. It's not difficult. I'm sure if you had to do it with 50 or 60, it would be a, a pain, but, um, one, it wasn't bad. So what was the, what was the only Canadian to import one calf across the line? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's probably some like genetic <laughs> folks, like guys that have genetics and stuff though. They'd bring one calf. Yeah. Back. Like, yeah. You know, yeah. Folks, probably. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, oh, what the heck? The the testing probably costs more than the calf though to like do all the testing and all that and the trucking and all like it, yeah what, uh, what was I I guess I bought her for like six hundred fifty bucks and then I think it was like two hundred and fifty dollars maybe to get her all the tests done and stuff huh. so I think that's pretty neat though like for somebody for some of the folks that maybe like maybe nobody on this show would disagree with the calf roping but for some folks to realize that these you guys like actually give a shit obviously like it's yeah, I think that's kind of yeah. No, it's funny. I'm I'm I need to find somebody that makes ear tags. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna get an ear tag that says minus fifty thousand. I'm gonna put it in her ear, <laughs> <laughs> and then put fifth, plus fifty thousand on the Calgary one. Yeah, put plus fifty on the on the yeah. Calgary. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. man. Be, so uh, that, that's just typical ranch and just breaking even. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yeah. You see, you've got this figured out. <laughs> yeah. So I yeah. gotta ask uh, after you won the after you won the fifty thousand. What was the night like after that? Uh, did you guys uh, have some extracurriculars or? Honestly, I wish, wish I would have just turned out of Cheyenne State in Calgary. We uh, <laughs> we got a charter from from Calgary there with Scott Pym. He flew us down to Cheyenne, and we roped in the slack the next morning at seven a.m. Um, oh, so it wasn't it wasn't too crazy, but it was pretty fun to have all of my good buddies there. Ty, uh, Shane, and. Uh, Blaine Cox was on it with us and Cash Enderly. And so, yeah, it wasn't bad. We bought a case of beer and that was about it, but played some cards on the way down. Well, and Blaine was the last one to rope in the four round, wasn't he? Was he the one that could yep. play spoiler to you? Yep. Well, it sure made it exciting. So I guess uh, we should kind of go back a little bit and kind of well, talk about the – I got to go back to Calgary a little bit more. Yeah, because you're the, you're the second guy out in that four round too, were you not? Yep. So second out, you knew you were seven flat. What was it like waiting though? Like that, I wonder about the waiting. What were you thinking? Like, I know you're pretty confident. You're like, yeah, it's, I'm pretty confident. Like you're, you set the bar quite high, but yeah. What, 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 I are mean, you, what are you thinking for those two runs? Honestly, you know, I would like to go back and watch the four man. I haven't even got to watch it, but we were so damn excited over there. Um, I didn't even hardly get off my horse, and Shane was giving me a hug, and we were freaking. Oh, it was crazy and people were high-fiving and fist bumping and we were all just freaking out over there um i do remember kyle going and we were watching him and i was like holy shit he's about to get me and um then i don't i honestly cannot remember what happened on the ground but something happened on the ground that calf kicked but, or something. Um, yeah kind of bobbled was, a yeah. quick little bobble yeah, he was like 10 something wasn't he something. Eight? i think but, eight something but was he? it was like um, yeah just enough to be behind yeah, and then um, honestly, I was I was watching Blaine, and I I I couldn't even tell you what happened. I forget honestly. I was just so pumped at that point. I was um freaking out, and then you get to run across that arena. That was badass. I was freaking. Well, you, you uh, was it kind of delayed, or did they tell? Did they were you running right now? Like soon as Blaine was done, you were you were on route. <laughs> I was running as soon as Blaine. <laughs> 
I looked like Forrest Gump out there. <laughs> I remember in Blaine's run though, because we were standing on the tarmac, and there was like a point in his run, and I think I don't know, it was just when he maybe when he was flanking the calf, where it was just like you knew it just wasn't going to be seven, and everybody was excited already. Not nothing against Blaine. I mean, he was still doing his thing, but it was like just in that mm-hmm. one second, you just knew that that you had it. And then, I mean, not that everyone's cheering because he was longer than you, but it was like everyone around us just started like, Bo one, Bo one. And man, that, that place just erupted. It was pretty damn cool. Yeah, that was damn cool. It was like, you know, I said it, I said that it felt like I had a whole country behind me, but honestly, it just felt like everybody was, was cheering me on. It was uh, pretty cool to, to see that many people, you know, be kind of invested in a story per se that, um, everybody kind of knew what had happened and and they were cheering me on it's uh pretty special and i uh i was i was pretty emotional about that i i uh yeah i was pretty tore up about that that was that was really cool well and so i gotta i gotta ask too now go on the like i don't i don't know what what you are allowed to say but what do you think about the amount of canadians at calgary and you guys that one are all you know you haven't made the NFR yet, but Jared has, Scott has, Dawson has. You guys are you guys are some of the best in the world competing at Calgary, but in my opinion, I think it's a little bit light. And I see the argument where Calgary's trying to have the best in the world. I just think it's a little light on Canadian content personally. Um, <laughs> I don't, but I, but I, I'm curious. Like you, got, the Canadian guys, you guys like kicked ass and proved everybody that you can hang. Obviously, which you guys do at the at the top levels, but. I just I feel like it's still light on Canadian content, but I, I'm curious what it's like on your side and and being in it, being in it, right? Like anybody can go qualify and go get there and do it, but yeah, what do you what do you think? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I kind of both ways. You know, it is it is the best, uh, the greatest outdoor show on earth. So you want to have the best guys there. So obviously, you need the top fifteen. Um, so there's fifteen guys, um, and then. This year they took 30 instead of the 24 like they usually do. So, um, you know, there's a couple more guys this year. Um, maybe they could have took some more Canadians or or did an invite. You know, like I, I know they used to uh, take the tour finale champ um, from Canada. Um, they don't top do two. that anymore. It used to be the top two. Was it top two? Yeah. Yeah, because I, I had actually won the tour uh, last, last year. fall. Yeah. And, yeah, so I was curious. I was like – shoot, I might've got into Calgary right there. And they're like, no, we don't do that anymore. So, um, but yeah, no, I mean, I, 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 I see both, both sides of it. I, uh, you know, I, I like competing against the best in the world. And, um, you know, I would also like to see a couple more of my buddies from Canada, you know, get the opportunity to rope there and, and prove themselves that they can rope against the top guys in the world too. So, um, you know, both, both ways. I do wish they would count all 50 of the thousand dollars that you get to win. Um, I think that's kind of a little, uh, bullshit, but, um, you know, whatever, I guess they're, they're the higher ups and they make the rules, but, um, how much did count then? 25,000. So how much so, did, how much of Kyle's counted? 20,000. So really, I'm, I mean, oh. only, five more thousand than Kyle towards really? the standing. 
So you're at, so, you're at, you're at 79,000 right now and you're ninth in the world. So if mm -hmm. the other 25 counts, you're at uh, 100, 105 and you're 50 from Houston. Shit, you'd have been season you'd been, leader. You'd be season leader right now. You'd have 100, 150,000 in the bank. Yeah, 150,000. It's pretty crazy to think. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've only got half in the standings. <laughs> I mean, shit. It's, I can't imagine what it's like to just to get to ninth in the world. I mean, I know you're rodeoing hard and you're giving yeah. her, you're giving her hell. Hey. Yeah. I mean, you, you think, you know, you kind of joke around about, yeah, they only got half my money in the standings, but at the same time, I mean, it's so cool. I'm living a dream and, uh, going to make my first NFR. So I can't, can't complain too much. I'm pretty, pretty tickled and, uh, I'm excited to, to win another 75,000 to finish off the year and maybe get to that 150 before September 30th. The, uh, I, I got to go back to the Calgary side of things. Like I kind of built a little bit of a rundown. Like people were, we kind of shared something and got people conversing a little bit and people know where I stand. And I've always been the fact that I think there should be more Canadians, but I kind of took, you know, if you want the best in the world, then you take the top six, even if you said top 16, then you take eight Canadian spots. Then you have, uh, you know, maybe some kind of, maybe that tour thing, like I kind of broke it down to where there was a bit different on the percentages, but I think it would be completely fine. Like you don't have to, you don't have to have 25 Americans in every event and five Canadians. Like, I think that, I think that having, having people that are from Canada that maybe don't travel as much, like a Scott Ginsner that, you know, can still hang there. And even Jared, like Jared's not going every weekend down to the u.s right and he's still competing and can still get there but giving a guy a shot like technically like you made you made it into calgary because of the canadian standings is that right yes yeah i did um yeah i think i finished third last year in yes. canada so you I get a spot in into calgary and you are an up-and-coming guy you win the rookie of the rookie of the year you're you're 35th 30th the last two years in the prca standings you get a shot and you take advantage and then you win the whole damn thing, and it's a launching point for your entire career. You know, you 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 did you did well in Houston, obviously, and you you could have won that one. But like, you get into the Canadian standings, and it's a launching pad for your career. Where if you finish fifth in Canada last year, you you don't get to come to Calgary. You're not at Calgary. Yeah, yeah, no, I I, I get that too. I uh, that's why I'm kind of like, yeah, I wish they would take a couple more guys because you know, kind of. You know, it's just like the American deal, how they try to give everybody an opportunity to rope for a million. And, um, you know, that's that's life changing for people, you know, just like yeah. 50,000. is. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I wish I wish I could maybe get a couple more Canadians in there. But, um, you know, I don't I don't really know how much pull I have, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I, you, got uh, a, you got a You got a big giant check with a maple leaf beside your name he, on TV. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, a good pull. That's pretty, pretty yeah. badass. But I mean, uh, you know, it was your roping last year, the CFR, like you cranked it up there, won a couple rounds and, and turned it up and, you know, so you've had to damn sure work to get to Calgary too. And, oh yeah. And, and represent, my, right. My point just being that like you're a Canadian guy and you're, you are competing on the world stage, but this is a huge opportunity that not everybody gets, but I feels like we're limiting the amount of Canadians at a Canadian rodeo. And I don't, I don't like mm -hmm. that. So I think it's important to keep that, keep a good, healthy amount of Canadian content and this year went way back and then all, all you guys went and won it. So I think it's kind of <laughs> like, Hey, I think we might prove the point a little yeah, bit here. Yeah. That, that might, that maybe saves us right there. We should, uh, 
they they might have to uh might have to look a little more into that and and yeah take us a little more serious next time i guess so what are you going to do with the 50,000 bow of you if you got some plans for the cash you know honestly i do uh, you know i have big dreams for the cash i don't know it'll probably just get spent and <laughs> I, won't, I won't get to do any of that stuff but uh i'd really like to buy my own land i've always wanted to have a I have a place so um maybe we can work a little harder and, and put some more together to to start uh, you, buying up you some use that fifty thousand just to get you to vegas and you go down there and you bring and home six million. figures in, yeah. in american money you can buy any damn piece of land in the county of Stetler you want, buddy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're damn right. Yeah. Okay. Um, last question on the Calgary side of things. Um, they're not quite back to the hundred thousand dollar payout. I wish you would have won a hundred grand to make up for the Calgary <laughs> for or for the Houston, uh, the Houston, uh, issue. Right. But, um, yeah. last thing I like, I, I just want to, I'm just, my point is I'm kind of holding things accountable and like, Hey, what's going on here? Why doesn't it pay a hundred thousand? I don't know. I don't know what the reasoning is. But what are your what are your thoughts that way? Like I know you wish you would have won the hundred, but does anybody have any say on what's going on there? Or like you know, we've we've all asked the same thing. You know, they roll freaking one point five million people through there. You think they could come up with another fifty thousand times six events? That's only three hundred thousand. Ain't that ain't much to them? But um, yeah, we do, we I honestly I have no idea um, why it doesn't pay a hundred thousand. Um, you know, but um. Uh, yeah, I really, I really don't know. I don't, I, I, I couldn't tell you why it doesn't, but I, yeah. <laughs> I do yeah. wish it would have paid a hundred. Yeah, it would have yeah. been nice. Been damn sweet. But yeah, you got fifty, and uh, no one else did in the Calfer Open, so it's pretty badass that uh, that you stood up on that stage well, and, and and exactly and we're, we're looking at it too, and and you're the first Canadian to win the tie down since uh, Al Bouchard. First Canadian to win the tie down roping in Calgary since Al Bouchard in two thousand five. So it's been almost twenty years, like eighteen years later. You're you're well, like two years old more, since then, or what? M- Morgan, oh, Morgan Morgan Grant. That's right. In fourteen. Yeah. That's right. Sorry, Grant in Ontario. I was looking for Alberta addresses. My bad. Yeah. Obviously, Morgan. That was the year that Dustin <laughs> yeah. Flundra and uh, uh, Clint Lay, right? Or no, wait, that's not right. Somebody but else. yeah, still nine years ago. That's quite a while. And then now you join. We think just on our math, we think you join. I guess to be. Corey Solomon and uh, Tough Cooper as the youngest, likely some of the youngest, some of the youngest guys to, to ever win the Calgary Stampede at, at twenty one. Yeah, that's that's also that's pretty damn cool there. You can't. Uh, that's a pretty elite elite group to join right there. What does it take in the in the Calf Open to be at this elite level, and why have we not had any Canadians at the NFR since Marty Becker in nineteen ninety seven? You know what? It takes uh, a lot. Um, that's uh, that's kind of what uh, you know. It I got a lot of opinions on it, um, and I don't know if I should share all of them. But um, please do. You know, <laughs> it it it's like you know the CPRA's got a pretty good thing going up there, like, and it just seems like everybody that that ropes calves up there just is kind of homebody you know like they they just are pretty content with going to the 50 55 rodeos up there and and making the cfr and kind of doing that deal and um which there's absolutely nothing wrong with um i uh you know i miss home quite a bit and uh that is the one thing i will say that that being down here and 
and being gone from home, um, I sometimes get, get pretty envious of those guys being at home all the time. Um, but it takes so much freaking time and effort to, um, to be at the NFR. I mean, I haven't been there yet. And, uh, you know, I feel like I've devoted every day for the last five or six years to calf roping pretty much. And, uh, been around the top guys in the world and um Shane has been coaching on me and and we have been working at it and I mean it's like you know it's just it's nuts how much it takes and then on top of that you need a good horse so then you got to spend 50 to 100,000 to buy uh you know a badass horse that you can you can ride um everywhere really charge you that much for that one <laughs> no I, absolutely not I, I told him 6,000 highest I'm going <laughs> Got a barter that guy. Yeah, yeah. But no, I, I, it's that. That's really, I think, the the main reason why we haven't had any calf ropers um, from Canada. You know, Kyle Lucas has been really the only other guy that that's really tried it on and put time and effort into it to to try and get to the finals. And he got close two years ago. I guess that would have been my rookie year. I think he ended up sixteenth or something. 16th or 17th, but, um, he, yeah, I mean, he's really been the only other guy to, to really try to, um, push and, and get to the yellow building. And I am, uh, I've, you know, I made up my mind when I was in high school that this is what I wanted to do and we were going to get it done. However, however we could, we were going to try to get there. I wanted to be the first, the first kid from Canada to get back to, the Thomas and Max since you know them greats like Cliff and Marty and uh Joe and um so that's uh that's what I've been working towards and um that's what we're trying to get to and um yeah I don't know it's crazy like uh all you hear all them cliche sayings about like you know you fall seven times stand up eight and uh you know like I just you know those kind of things but like this year I have just like realized that like all that stuff's true. Like you literally can, cannot give up, like just have faith and belief. Like it just seems, you know, I, last year I had a chance I to set the arena record at Salinas and win Salinas. And I ended up breaking the barrier and I felt sorry for myself. I was like, you know, this, that was supposed to be my big breakout. And, uh, you know, like, I suck. I, I can't hang with these guys down here. Like I might as well just go home and rodeo up there. And, um, you know, then went to the CFR and had a chance to win two Canadian titles on Sunday. And, um, you know, stuff didn't really go my way, but, um, I still wanted to, I, I had to win first or second in the round to do it. And I was going to win second and I didn't get a wrap around all three legs. And, uh, then I was, you know, I was feeling sorry for myself there too. And then, um, you know, then the winter just absolutely sucked this year. And I was just like, like Houston was the first money I had won all year. Like I, I literally jackpots, you know, anything. And, uh, and so I got to Houston and, uh, oh, my calf got up in the one semifinal to make it back. And that same thing, I was like, I was driving back to Shane's that night and I was feeling sorry for myself. And I'm like, man like I don't belong like I can't do this and uh you know I was driving by myself and I'm like you know what like quit feeling sorry for yourself freaking bow up and do something about it like 
you can rope with these guys. And so I went back to the wild card the next day. And um, when I made it through the wild card, I was like, you know what, this, you can freaking do this. And uh, so then that Sunday morning when woke up to at Houston, I knew I was going to win Houston. And I had that same feeling at Calgary. And uh, yeah. And then I was like, uh, after that all went down, you know, that was a tough pill to swallow, but I was like, you know what? Like something is going to happen because of this. Like it just kept feeling like I just kept getting kicked. As soon as I'd get back up, they just kicked me back down again. And I'm just like wanting a break. And then, uh, you know, I was just wanting like that first, that first big win to like really, you know, just kind of break through almost. And, um, and then at Pinocchio a couple of weeks ago, um, I, I really thought I was going to win Pinocchio too. Um, and my calf, I, I tried to keep her standing and she just kind of roll falled on me and ended up splitting second, third behind my good buddy, Ty Harris. So it wasn't, it wasn't a huge deal, but I, uh, you know, I still come out all right, but I was just like, man, you know, I just would really like that first place, like just once, you know? <laughs> and, uh, then finally, you know, at Calgary, it gets done, but that's just like, if you, you know, I never, never give up, never quit believing. And, and finally it, it happens, you know? Well, uh, good things happen to good people. And, uh, Bo, I've known you for a long time and you're good people. So I, I think it's pretty cool, you know, to see it, see it all kind of come full cir- circle there. And I want to say, I don't know if I read it on, on social media somewhere, but was there, was it you saying there was someone that told you last week? Was it, was it Jeremy Bueller talking to you saying like, yeah, your karma's coming. Like you're gonna go and win Calgary. You'd want to tell that story. I, I just read it somewhere. Yeah, Jeremy Bueller, that guy's freak. That's one of my favorite guys in the world. He's like, you know, I didn't know like a whole lot about him, but like, we were bullshitting the other day at uh, Sheridan, just riding around the warm up arena, and and you know, he was kind of telling me his whole life story, and um, so I thought that was pretty pretty darn cool, and uh, you know, he'd always said like he was the same way. Like he never, he'd always won like second or third. And, and then finally last year, like he started winning first, like, and knocked off, you know, like they won Salinas they won Pendleton, you know, like won all them big pool rodeos that everybody dreams about winning. Then they won Houston this winter, you know? And, uh, but he's like, he's like, man, it's funny the way that God works. He's like, don't be shocked when you win the 50 on Sunday. He said, you're going to win it. And uh, it, I, I thought that was pretty darn cool, you know, coming from a guy like that. That's real cool. So we've been talking about the Houston stuff, but we haven't yeah, really talked about get Houston. To it. So, okay, we've got the 50 in the bank. So now we can go back and talk about this. Uh, kinda, <laughs> so, I mean, let's let's just talk about that that final run in Houston. We know you got there through the wild card. Uh, just tell us how everything went down from the moment you nodded to, me, to maybe even a couple days after. Just take us through the journey because it was uh, – a I've never seen a tie down roper get more press or, or more social media love than you. Oh man, That was wild. Uh, yeah. That's what everybody's bugging me about. I was the most popular guy in the PRCA and <laughs> caused, I caused all the drama in Houston, but uh, they, so that morning uh, we tied the calves and it was funny. We tied the calves. I said, I'll run that one in the final 10 or in the 10 man. And we get to the rodeo and check the draw. Sure. Shit. I got her. And, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's perfect. So run her, uh, win the 10-man, um, and then we're going We're going to the 
office to check the draw and i said i'm gonna run that yellow uh number 72 and we go in there and sure shit right there beside old boku for 72 and so then at that point you know i was like oh yeah this is happening i'm winning i'm winning houston and uh so we go down there and riley was first roper made a great run uh what he was eight seven or eight nine one of the two um and then i was last roper um hunter had a little hell. I think he was nine two maybe. And then um Reese Reamer, he missed flank one and then he was a little longer. And so then I was last roper. And same thing, I was just like that yellow calf, I don't know if you, you guys knew about her, but she hauled ass. And uh so I knew that the start was gonna be like non existent there. So I'm just like, Yeah, I can just I can just blank out, you know, go as fast as I can. And I dropped my hand when I nodded and I'm like, shit, I'm late and whatever, go across the barrier. I'm, I'm the whole time. I'm like, I am late. And so I rope at her and, you know, made my run and I threw my hands in the air. I'm like, I just did it. I just, I just won Houston and, uh, got back on and, and that's when they said I broke the barrier. And, and so I, I looked back and I was like, you know, what the heck? Like, there's no way. And, Ty Harris was in the box with me and, and he went and confronted the line judge and said, there's, there's no way he broke the barrier. And he said, no, it, it worked properly, you know? And so then at that point, they kind of shuffle you out of the arena and they're already bareback riding. And so I went, tied my horse up and I went running back down there. I'm like, Hey, like, you know, and, and Shane, I was talking to Shane on the phone. He's like, the barrier didn't work. You know, everybody knew it. And, um, so people were blowing me up and, and, uh, so I go down there and talk to the judge and, He's like, no, like, we'll, we'll discuss it later. I'm like, no, we, we need to discuss it now, you know, like it was, and so, you know, they couldn't, they couldn't watch video replay or nothing. And, uh, so he kind of, you know, whatever. Then all of a sudden Rick Smith comes down there, the head of PRCA judging and, and he's like, you know, no, the, he said the barrier didn't work, you know, like that everybody can see it. So he's like, I'll, I'll give him a chance for Will to make it right. But, um, you know, if, if he, you know, whatever, whatever he says is final. And, uh, so, um, we went up there to Will and, and he asked him and he said, no, I can, I can assure you that I can go to sleep tonight. And knowing that, knowing that the barrier didn't work, um, or that the barrier did work. And, and so that was kind of all we could do there. And so then I left out of Houston, a pretty sad little boy and <laughs> went back and, uh, we uh, then after that shoot, I don't know. I had, I had, I maybe had more text messages then. I didn't. <laughs> I charged my phone eighteen times a day. It felt like, and I'm surprised it didn't blow up. But um, yeah, me and Shane both talked on the phone. I mean, I don't think I run a calf for two days. I was literally just talking on the phone and emails and oh, it was nuts. And uh, yeah, so then. Then we had to go to Austin, and that was kind of weird, you know, like everybody kind of knew there was an elephant in the room, and <laughs> nobody was really saying anything, but they're all like, oh, you know, sorry to hear about that. And, and that was kind of a hard calf to run. Um, luckily, I made a good run, and then I ended up winning third at Austin, which kind of helped. And then uh, then after that, you know, I filed a grievance or whatever, and we got to the step three and, and they shot it down. But, um, yeah, that was kind of, kind of all that become of that. And, you know, they just really said there wasn't, 
nothing they could do about it. But is that what? The, sorry. And when you file the grievance, does that go right to the PRCA then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and what was the reason when you got to step three that it didn't go any further? Uh, based off of a judgment call, can't file a grievance off of a judgment call. So in the rule book, in the rule book, if the barrier malfunctions, the default is a judgment call from the judge who said it worked. You know, f you, get out of here. Like my call's final. Even when even when the head of judging says the barrier didn't work and he had a ch like the judge had a chance to make it right and he didn't. Yeah, yeah. And uh, does he still have his job? Uh, you know, I don't, I don't really know, honestly. Wow. <laughs> and, uh. Yeah, and then, um, you know, he come back that that the neck rope had hung on the chute, and um, you know, there was some stuff there that that could have uh, could have been the whole situation could have been avoided. Um, but uh, yeah, that's kind of I'll did, touch on on did, on that. Did you ever hear anything from Houston, or did they ever reach out to you on that? You know, it's funny, Caitlin uh, skates like the. She's kind of the head honcho there at Houston. She was at Calgary um, when I won it, and uh, so she come over there and she was she was pretty emotional about that. And she was glad I finally got fifty. But um, Houston, they no, I mean they never really reached out to me. Um, neither did the PRCA really. I, I mean I think I think they're all just kind of wanting to make it disappear. But well, and and I have to say and and maybe I'm wrong in saying this, but you know, a 21 year old kid from Stetler is probably not going to get much love, you know, as, as even Shane, who's one of your best friends in that situation, that'll change as you now start making NFRs and, and you're now a Calgary Stampede champion. But at the time they're probably like, whatever. Right. And, and is that, unfortunately, that's unfortunately, probably what's probably, it. probably part of what happened. Right. Unfortunately. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't really know. Honestly, I just think they're, yeah, I, I really don't know. I don't know why they, it's, it's all crazy really to me. It, it <laughs> like, it, you know, like what, the, yeah, what a year. That much. We'll say it. We'll say it for you. It's a chicken shit call and the guy should have manned up and got it right. But he was too, too much ego to think he, he could, uh, make the call and just pretend that it mm. doesn't happen. Like, no, you guys fucked up and you need to make this right, but you didn't. And now it looks worse actually. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. And you know, our kind of, our big deal is just like, man, you know, there's seems like freaking a million people in the world that, that can see that this didn't work. And, and we, you know, in 2021, we still can't do the right thing and, and make it right. Um, that's kind of was crazy to me, but, um, whatever i guess it there's there's so, 70 80 year old people on facebook screenshotting the video saying this guy's like, <laughs> this guy's out like what's going on here he was totally nuts yeah there's funny there's a couple memes floating around of of like all different kind of things and oh man it was you know a guy had to laugh about them but the houston it'll the problem was uh, we're, we're good did you see the Damn. did you see the sorry go ahead I said, damn sure people ain't gonna forget about that one, and uh, they'll they'll dang sure won't forget about this whole whole story of losing the fifty at Houston and getting it back at Calgary. I can guarantee you that. What about uh, 
going back to Houston. <laughs> How much motivation does this give you to go win it for the next decade in a row? Oh man. You know, what's funny is I actually love that rodeo. That's one of my favorite rodeos. Um, like I, I don't have nothing against Houston. Um, true. Yeah. I would, I have so much confidence in that building. Like I just, I actually can't wait to rope there again. I, uh, it's kind of fun. Like it's a long box and usually the calves are big. You kind of run them out there. Um, I, I, I like that rodeo. It's top four for sure. For me, it, that one, Calgary, Panoka and Salinas. So those are my four favorite rodeos. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't have nothing against Houston. Oh, that's fair. I think you'll be adding a fifth in December though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The NFR, NFR is going to top all four of them. Yeah, well, it might. Have you been, were you down for, uh, I'm sure you were, were you down for Zeke's wins? At least one of them last in, year, right? In Vegas? Yeah. No, I, I, I have yet to be there when he's won a world title, but, um, even last year, or sorry, that was 21. Never mind. My bad. 21. I, 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 we got to go because I got to go pick buckles. up my, yeah, I got to go pick up my rookie of the year buckle and, and they let you walk out there in the Thomas and Mac during the perf and, uh, I said, man, I'm going to be here one day. This is badass. I went out there and told my dad, I said, the sand feels pretty good. I'd like to tie one in it. <laughs> Damn straight. And you will. So, and, and, uh, I want to go back to that because in 2021, um, that was kind of like the COVID year. And I mean, I'm sure you probably spent, uh, everything you want on COVID tests going back and forth across the oh, border. Man. But what, what was 2021 like for you? Thousand COVID tests. <laughs> How much? I said, I bet I had six or 7,000, it seemed like, in COVID tests. That's insane. And then crazy. you go down there and you win rookie start, of the year. You didn't start faking them? I thought you would have just faked them out. Yeah. I don't know. It's crazy. I have a bot. I have, like, a whole freaking – I did. I guess we burned them all. But <laughs> I had, like, a big <laughs> – big, uh, this – I don't know. It was just there's so many of them COVID tests. Holy man. It was nuts. And And where did you end up finishing that year in the world standings in 21 when you won the rookie? Uh, I think right at 30. I think I was 30th on the nose. And, and is that, that's what got you into the big rodeos then this last year, right? <laughs> yeah, no, that would have been. But that was the year before, would, sorry. Yeah, that was the year before. So then, um, you know, I got to go to all them rodeos. But then, uh, honestly, last year I didn't. Last year was a weird year. I uh, didn't really win much in the winter. And then I got out here in the summer. And probably about this time last year, I was like, you know what, I'm end of July. I'm I'm just gonna go back to Canada and make the CFR. I didn't. I had had four thousand one, I think, in Canada, and maybe twenty thousand one down here. Like, and so I was just I wasn't really craving rodeo too badly. So I went back up there and then got in with uh, Clayton Smith and you went, me and Medicine Hat. I remember I was I was announcing and, and Bruce. Yep. Then that went. that weekend, and Regina. That's what that's what, that's what I'm also saying about like never giving up either. Like I learned that last year. I'm like, I shouldn't have ever went home. You know, like I should have just stuck it out regardless of of what happened. But anyhow, that's the way it played out. But um, yeah, when I did go home that first weekend, I won nine thousand. I won fourth at Strathmore, one Medicine Hat, one Bruce, and then one Regina the next weekend. Um, I don't know. I think I won first or second at like 12 different rodeos in August. And 
I won, I don't know, like just between the Canadian rodeos and we went to a few like Montana rodeos and a couple in the Northwest. But like that August and that first week of September, I think I won almost like 40,000. I think I won like 35 or 36,000. Watch out, watch out, Eric Dublanco. There's a new Mr. August. Canadian <laughs> yes. And you know what's funny is is Clayton won almost the same. Me and him just were tapped off. It was pretty cool. Yeah, because he went he went on a he went on a run too and then finished, I think, season leader, didn't he, out of that run? Yeah, we were battling. He had a yeah. little head start. I told him I was gonna catch his ass by the end of it, but I never did. <laughs> and then you went to the CFR and uh I mean uh you you run did you win two rounds last year at the CFR? Two or three? Yep. Yeah, I won two rounds, one maybe third or something in another round and should have won second in that last round but i didn't have a wraparound all three and then um i roped like don knots in the second round <laughs> and missed oh, that was embarrassing and then uh what what happened the other one other round oh i had a calf get up too yeah you were right in the thick of things for the canadian title and and uh yep maybe uh maybe this is like following your cousin zeke but remember zeke won won a world then won uh calgary before he ever won a canadian title so maybe uh mm-hmm. maybe you got calgary in the bank go down and win a world title and then then yeah. come back to canada and grab one of these two while you're at it eh? yeah you damn right that'd be good omens i'd be okay with that <laughs> yeah so uh i want to talk about um you know you've referenced or you got anything else you want to touch on this you're going where i was going oh. you're going to ask about shane yeah i mean because I was telling Ted this story, uh, the year COVID shut the CFR down, me and Dave Paulson did a, a, a Zoom interview with all the champions from 2019, I think Shane won. Yeah. And mm-hmm. we interviewed all the champions. And in that interview, so that would have been in November of 2020, I think mm-hmm. we were talking about, you know, the future ropers. And he brought your name up in that interview. I got to find that clip. And he said, you know, he said, uh, you boys got to watch for Bo Cooper and uh and talked about you and you know I, i've known you and watched you in the amateurs and you were held a team roper too and heck of a calf roper and 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 then you know a year later you win the rookie of the year or something well this guy must be on to something but uh i mean shane hanchy wouldn't just throw your name out there that many years ago if he didn't think something special in you but he's obviously been a huge mentor to you and i mean um i'm sure he's a, a big part of the reason you are where you are and but how was that? Yeah. How how that connection come about yeah. too? Yeah. Like where'd you where'd you yeah. meet Shane? How'd you guys get hooked up? Like where'd that come from? You know, honestly, I feel like I maybe have like the coolest story in rodeo. I don't know. Maybe I'm probably biased on that, but um, it's cool to me. Like in 2018, he come up here and did a roping school, and uh, he. So I went. I went that year to the roping school, um, and you know, I just kind of tried to put my best foot forward and and help out and you know obviously i was in i was in the presence of a freaking world champion and a, a guy that i watched you know 100 100 videos of and that i had looked up to as a calf roper and so um i tried to put my best foot forward and and you know he had kind of seen that that i could dang sure rope and uh, that year and and so that same year you know after the I think their open school was end of July. So he come to the CFR that fall and uh, he sent me a message on Instagram said, Hey, if you're at the CFR, he said, come, come have a visit. So I 
went for lunch with him and a guy by the name of Cody McCartney. And, uh, you know, we went for lunch and, and, uh, whatever, nothing really become of that. And, um, so then the next summer, um, you know, I, I was having a good year amateur rodeo in 2019 and was probably a talky little shit. And, um, yeah, I was like, Oh, I don't need to go back to that roping school. You know, um, I rope you enough. And, uh, he sent me a message on Instagram again and said, uh, he said, Hey, you come back to their open school this year. And I said, and I thought about it, you know what? I probably need to. So I put my name down and, and went back to their open school. And, uh, he said, he said, uh, after it, he said, if, if you want, he said, I could probably get you a full ride down there at Hill college and, and you just come live at my house, do online school and we'll rope. And, um, I said, okay, well, we'll he gave me his number and, um, I said, well, was that, was that the premium <laughs> package at the roping school tuition or what? <laughs> yeah. I so. And, uh, so I, I texted him, I said, Hey, you know, um, I appreciate the offer. I said, I don't want to go to school. I said, if I just come work for you for free, will you still teach me how to rope? And he said, hell yeah, come on. So, uh, I went down there that first year and, uh, I was nervous as that cat on a hot tin roof. I wasn't there a week and. <laughs> this is one of the funniest stories, but, uh, they let me, they let me take their little stock trailer to a junior open. I think I'd been there four days maybe. And, uh, I was pretty green, but you know, thought I had the world by the, the short and curlies. And so <laughs> I took this stock trailer and I made it maybe two hours down the road. And I called Shane and said, Hey Shane, how's it going? He said, Oh good. You making it? And I said, well, not really. He said, Oh, what happened? You got a flat. And I said, well, it's flat now. He said, oh, and I said, uh, he said, yeah, I lit your trailer on fire. <laughs> he said, he's like, holy shit, send me a picture. So I sent him a picture. The whole side of it was black and uh, one of the bearing had caught on fire, whatever, the axle. And so I lit, it's actually Taylor's trailer. And um, she didn't really know me that well. And, you know, come to find out about a year later, she said that she actually really didn't like me for about the first month after that. <laughs> and uh, so that was pretty funny. And then so now they're, oh, I mean, they're like, they're like, he's like a brother, but they're also like a set of parents to me too. You know, they've, they've taken me under their wing and, and, uh, you know, I never really give Taylor any, any shout outs, but I really should give her one too. She's, uh, she's done a lot for me as well. And, um, you know, they're, they've both just been great for me. And so I've, I've gone there every, uh, every winter since then and lived at their house and, and roped with them. And they've taught me more, more than I think I ever would have got out of college, just about life and, and, uh, hustling. I mean, them too, they'll make some money and, and, you know, work their asses off every day. And, uh, so I've learned a lot from them and, um, yeah, it's pretty cool that, um, you know, he could be there, you know, Sunday afternoon in Calgary right there in the box with me and watch me win that first big title. And, um, you know, when I was riding back over there to the buck and shoot, he was already over there and, and you seen it on TV, but I pointed at him and, um, I didn't even make it off my horse and, and we were hugging it out. And, and he said, he said, what about all them nights, uh, flanking and tying and you missing your hooey? And, uh, you know, so it's pretty cool to, to reminisce on all that stuff and and kind of go back on that but um yeah no i uh 
I really wouldn't be where I am without them. So that's pretty cool. And he's a, he's a great guy too. And uh, what, what's the name of his craw? Didn't he have a crawfish food truck? Did you ever have to go pull any shifts in the, in the food? Oh, truck? what? Dustin, you don't know this, but I'm also Canada's top crawfish chef three years running. <laughs> did you, did you go cooking in that thing or what? Oh, Yeah. That's what I said. Working for free. That guy. That's, <laughs> I've uh I've been I've been running the crawfish trailer for three years now. We gotta bring that thing north. I tell everybody I'm uh I'm actually the owner and and I um that's why it's called Bo's Boil and Go. But that's right, that's the name of it. I love it. That's uh <laughs> and is that thing still that thing still going? Oh yeah, we were uh shit, we were in it all winter, felt like. No way. Yeah, yeah. That's ridiculous. We, I love that. That's awesome man. It's pretty cool actually. It, I I honestly don't mind it for a little while and then I get sick of it, but <laughs> it's uh I'll uh, I'll keep running it if they keep teaching me how to rope. So yeah, that's I was gonna say it's been a pretty good trade off. Uh, cook some crawfish yeah. and uh, rope with a a world champ. That's uh that's pretty damn cool. What what uh, what's your favorite uh, what's your favorite uh, Louisiana dish for in in the food business? What do you like in what do you like in the Louisiana food? You know everything they they have they have damn good food down there, but um, you know they they do like uh, it's called uh like like rice and gravy, and it's you know whatever they put some uh roast or whatever and uh over rice and it's pretty good. And then uh, oh crawfish etouffee is pretty good over rice. Um, I like that. I do like crawfish too. Um, crawfish is crawfish is pretty good for a couple times, and then um, <laughs> I kind of get sick of it too. But um, no, they they have they have some damn good food. I've ate at Sharon uh, Shane's parents' place. His mom she's cooked some outstanding meals. That's cool. Well, sorry, that's the No, I was I I just love the crawfish story. I thought that was super cool. That's uh, awesome. Um, and and obviously being around Shane, that's a that's a pretty good role model guy who's been a world champ. And, uh, now you're, uh, it's, it's pretty crazy to think. So your last time you were in the roping school was 2019. Is that right? Yeah, that was, he only did it that them two years. And then obviously the COVID hit, but, um, well, if he has a school, you should be the poster boy because four years, not even four years removed from the school, he's celebrating your, a Calgary win with you. That's, uh, that's pretty, that, damn, that, that's pretty damn cool. Journey. That's what, yeah, that's what I think so cool about it. Like, you know, you get a, a guy like that to take you on your wing. And uh, and then for him, like, I don't I mean, I haven't really asked him about it, but that's got to be a, pretty cool for him to, you know, kind of build up this kid that he knew nothing about and uh, and watch him watch him win the, the biggest rodeo in the world. You know, pretty, pretty damn cool. Both, I think. both of them. Yeah. 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 What yeah. Uh, yeah, bro. what uh, what was the fee on the school? Seems like a pretty good investment. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think it was six hundred. Pricey, holy man! <laughs> yeah, you, you have to tell him knock that. You have a coupon or yeah. something. I'm a, I'm gonna get my twelve hundred back out of them somewhere. I don't know where. But... <laughs> what's What's the best day you've made in tips at the at the crawfish? My shop? best my you my best day is zero dollars. 
I think I had, well, I had, I had three old, old ladies hit on me one day. I think that's my best thing. <laughs> and they're all cheap down there. Yeah. Hey? You gotta. Yeah. Yeah. They're all, all separate too. So yeah, <laughs> that might be my, that might be my best day. You there's know, no, there's no oh. tips in the crab shack in the crawfish shack though. What's going on with that? No, they, uh, they all go to Taylor's little nephews. They come help too. uh, Cannon and Kyler, they come kind of <laughs> run the front. And so they get all the tips. Oh, uh, they got to share it with the cook here. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. Cook is the Maybe they'll yeah. buy me knife. Yeah. Um, I wanted to touch on it's, something. It's, it's funny. Uh, sorry to interrupt you, yeah. but I was just going to, I thought this was funny. Kyle yeah. Lucas, he stayed there one, one day this winter and uh, Shane made him go work on the crawfish trailer. And I, I told Kyle, he had big shoes to fill to, to get my role as the top crawfish chef in Canada. <laughs> and uh, he got done and he's like, yeah, he said, your, your position's safe. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say that he took the trailer and he and he started it on fire. <laughs> no. no. Where, where do you, where do they set this thing up? Like I'm trying to picture where where you're sitting. Uh, right there in Giddings, honestly, just in in a parking lot. Um, and yeah, it's uh, shoot people people come from everywhere. That's damn they, they're well known now. Like in the Walmart parking lot, or what do you mean? Like just where um. Well, so so Taylor's mom and dad they own a, a feed store right there in Giddings, so oh, they okay, set gotcha. they set up there for a while, and then uh, just another little local business that they're good friends with. They let them set up there. Cool. Well, that's sweet. We're uh, that's a that's a cool story. I, I and I just want to I see on your shirt. I know you got CVS controls. That was another cool oh, story out of Houston. Why don't you? Give him a little plug, but tell him the kind of the story on how uh, how you ended up on that uh, team because that's that was actually pretty cool. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Um, so I had a, a lady by the name of Alicia uh, Erickson. She was a former Miss Rodeo Canada. She was going to help me kind of you know get my social media up to par and uh, maybe try to help me get some sponsors and and so she's like, oh, you know, just you know maybe give Lyle a call. So she gave me Lyle's number and <laughs> I called Lyle. I'm like, hey, Lyle just another broke cowboy here <laughs> think he can sponsor me and he's like uh he's like man you know send me your resume or whatever your accomplishments i guess and he's like uh he's like kind of looking for you know some high-end guys that that make the nfr and the cfr and win big rodeos and he said you win big rodeo he said i'll sponsor you and uh i don't think it was shit it might have been eight o'clock the next morning after houston he was calling me and uh, he said, he said, you won Houston in my eyes. And he said, I'll stick to my word. I'll sponsor you. And uh, so I thought that was, that was pretty darn cool um, of, of, of Lyle Kurtz. And, you know, he's been a huge, huge supporter of rodeo in Canada for many, many years. And, uh, you know, it's kind of funny. All, all the guys you look up to in Canada, they all got that same, same patch on their shirt. So to, to finally get on a, team with them is is kind of kind of a cool feeling i i had to be i was super impressed in finoka this year and i've never i've never i don't know if i've ever met met him personally or not uh but we played that cvs controls commercial about 75 times that week because he was the main sponsor of the team roping so they had even money this year and and the tie down mm-hmm. so that was like twice a day the cvs up yeah. on the big screen like really rock and roll and it was i mean yeah pretty awesome to see i thought really awesome yeah no that guy's uh he loves rodeo and and um all of canada and rodeo canada is, is uh, very thankful to have that guy he's uh he's been a major part of of everybody up there 
Well, he damn sure got his money worth out of you on Sunday standing up on that stage <laughs> of that big check because uh, that CVS uh, logo is uh, right front and center there. Yep, yep. <laughs> uh, boy, I want to go. Oh, go ahead. Are you going to the Houston thing about the GoFundMe deal? Yeah. Okay, so tell us tell us about that one. Yeah. Well, somebody, was it uh, Tiffany Cooper? Is that right? Like Tuff's wife? Is that who started yep. that thing? Yeah, yeah. They started Tiffany. to go fund. They started to go fund me for you when you didn't win Houston, because that like you were kind of broke and like probably ready to go home again at that point. Were you not? Like, is that part of that story? Like, fill us in on on that whole deal. It really, is. really happened? is. I, I, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I think, uh, you know, at that point, I had a maxed out credit card, and I don't that ten thousand that I got out of Houston, it disappeared in a hurry. I didn't have nothing of it left, but, um. You know, so she just kind of started it after seeing everybody saying that they needed to start a GoFundMe on Facebook. And, and so she kind of just took it under herself and, and the kindness of her heart to start it and just looking out for me, really. And, uh, you know, I just I kind of felt a little weird about the whole deal. You know, it wasn't nobody's fault that 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 I didn't get the 50 and I just didn't feel right about people just giving me money, you know. So except for that um, one judge, but, you know. <laughs> It's uh, yeah, it uh, it was just it's crazy, you know, like God's timing that um, you know, the very next day, um, that Caleb gets hurt and um, that's I just it, as soon as I figured that out, I I was calling people trying to get in touch with Caleb and um, to see, you know, I just wanted their permission to say, hey, you know, can can I send you this money, whatever we raise in this GoFundMe. It, it'll all go to you um and so the his family was super appreciative and um i actually got to got to talk to his dad there the other day at, at basin city over the fourth of july so that was cool and, and he's he three months three months after he went in he was back out and uh his dad showed me a a video of him he was he was running the swather and um they were cutting hay and, and all kinds of stuff and um so he's back back running the ranch and uh, loving, loving being home. And now they're trying to convince him to go get his rehab, which he needs to get done, but, um, get, get the muscles back stronger. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It was just felt like the right thing to do. And, and they ended up blowing by the 50,000 pretty fast. It got to 89,000. So, um, to see everybody in the rodeo community come together and, and do something right. Um, it, it felt pretty good to, to be the guy. Well, along with along with Tiff, you know, I should give her credit. She started it, but um, you know, a, a bad a bad thing that happened to me, you know, turned into a really great thing that um we were able to help him out, you know, and it and it made my deal seem, you know, like nothing. Um, that that really put that into perspective for me that, you know, whatever it's just rodeo. I mean, I can still go rope 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 tomorrow, Haven. Haven Medjid's yelling at me right now. He's he's been blowing me up about being the king of Canada here for the last week. <laughs> yeah, we should have this guy sitting on a throne, not beside a chain link. Yeah, like, yeah. What are oh, we doing he's, here? <laughs> he's been bugging the shit out of me. We we went to Tim Hortons the other day, and uh, some lady and ahead ahead of us in uh, the drive-through bought our order, and he was beside himself. He could not believe it. He said, "They just know wherever you are. They're just they know." And, and he said. He, and and then Trevor Hale's with us, and we're headed back to the grounds at Calgary. And 
Trevor said, uh, I can't believe you don't even have a police escort back here. And I look in the mirror and there's no shit. There's a cop car following us. <laughs> it was just, oh, it was pretty funny, but yeah. Um, but back to the Caleb thing. Yeah. Um, it was, uh, no, it just felt like the right thing to do. And it puts, uh, puts it in perspective that, um, you know, it can always be worse. And, um, that was, that was pretty tough, uh, tough to, to talk to his parents, you know, right after that accident. I mean, it just, you can't even imagine what they're going through. Um, it makes your, makes your deal seem like nothing. That's for sure. For, for those that don't know what, what exactly happened? Uh, he, he was in a bad accident. Um, I don't know if it was a side by side or a quad or what, but, um, it rolled, rolled over him on a steep bank and, and shattered his left knee and, um, severed his spinal cord or, or crushed it, crushed it. Sorry. It crushed his spinal cord. And so he was paralyzed from the waist down. Um, so. Well, 89,434 dollars. That was pretty, pretty remarkable to see that go to him. And, um, just another part of the really <laughs> remarkable story that's been your year, Bo. And I mean, we're at July and, uh, yeah. And, and we've got a, we've already had an hour and a half podcast about your journey from literally from Houston <laughs> to tell, uh, tell today, which is was pretty damn cool. And, um, you don't have to spend a ton of time on it. And I, and I already kind of know the answer, but, um, kind of quickly, like, you know, your family's obviously involved in rodeo. We know that I'm your, your, your dad roped, uh, your sister ropes, but what, what was kind of the, what got you into calf roping and the success you had uh, and I think I probably know the answer, but why don't you kind of talk about that briefly? Uh, honestly, the 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 very first calf I ran, I was hooked. I uh, I remember it like it was yesterday. Uh, you know, I just I kind of always team roped. I sucked at breakaway roping. Absolutely sucked at breakaway roping. I rode a little small horse that uh, I couldn't I couldn't ever catch on. But uh, yeah, my dad he we were going into high school and he finally. Uh, said that I could, that I could start calf roping. And, uh, so, um, obviously he roped calves too back in the day, but, um, I, I run that first calf. We had one calf and, uh, I run her out there like three swings, run her through and roped her by two back legs. And I was so freaking mad and I was wanting to run another one so bad. And dad's like, no, you're done. <laughs> and he wouldn't let me run another one. And from that day on, I just, I fell in love with calf roping. It was just game on. And um, it's funny, you know, I set, like in the wintertime, I would I would set up. Oh, here's Shane right now. I'm just doing a podcast. Say hi. <laughs> the man he was, himself. He was on the, he was on like the sixth episode. So. Had yeah, there you go. In a while. Yeah. Um, and then, uh. You know, it's funny. I would uh, in the winter time, I wouldn't be able to rope, and uh, I would I would take two hay bales, two square bales, and I would put them up, and then I would put a sawhorse on top of the square bales, and then I I took a little like square block and nailed it to the top of the um, sawhorse, and that was my saddle horn, and then I had obviously the bale in front of me was the calf, and then I had a little old tie and dummy that I would set on a bag of UFA shavings and that was my only practice for the winter. And I would make 
50 runs a night on that thing. And uh, all I would go through maybe like three sets of running shoes every winter. And I would wear out the whole or like on your big toe on your right foot from dragging it across when I would go to when I go to gather the legs on the tie and dummy. I would just wear out all my socks, all my shoes. There'd just be a giant hole right there um, from roping that thing. And it would be, you know, minus 30, but it would be, you know, minus five or minus 10 in the shop. And that's all I did every, every, every night when I'd get home from school, I'd go rope that thing and, and work on stuff like that. But, um, yeah, no, I just, my dad, um, I can't thank him enough for, for always helping me and, uh, getting me started, uh, in the right direction and, and roping and everybody else that had, uh, something to do with it early on in my career um, there they uh helped help me to get to where i am today for sure well, i remember announcing you you got your dad an fca title what year was that seven 17 or 16 yeah yeah me and me and big jim we uh <laughs> struck off over there red deer and and got us the got us the title that was yeah. pretty fun yeah i remember yeah, that. That, that was that was good watching yeah you were that you were was one then. yeah that was really young i was oof 16 i guess but um yeah i that was that's one of my fondest memories too of, of winning that with my dad so that was pretty cool did um, you win uh, the award that they had for lyle that year too yeah i did i i won that uh award for being the youngest calf roper to make the finals i won it the, i won it two years in a row actually yeah, that was for and then really cool. oh. yeah yeah and it's kind of crazy because um before he passed away, he was literally our next door neighbor. He owned the quarter of land right beside us. So, um, yeah, that was pretty cool. And, um, yeah, that year I made the, the finals in the calf roping too. Um, I was the very first roper at Cochran and I had to win first in order to make the FCA finals. And I was the very first roper. And I remember I run this calf way off down there to the buck and shoot. And, uh, tied her down I was 11-1 and uh I don't remember who the guy was untying but he come up to me and uh he said he said good run probably not gonna win nothing though and uh I was like oh okay and uh I'll be damned if I didn't win it and make the FCA finals that year (laughs) I thought that was pretty cool that's pretty cool and I I think that was the first year they did the award for Lyle was at that Mm -hmm. finals and when you won that I remember that was a pretty pretty special that was a pretty pretty special moment uh having known lyle and, and knowing you guys were neighbors i remember that was being a pretty cool moment at the time yeah it really was it really was we're uh, pretty good friends with all the cassidy's and um they're kind of synonymous in, in stetler county there so there's a lot of them and and then uh you know your, your family your sister breakaway ropes or your dad ropes your your mom i got to work with your mom for years running the yep, scoreboard yep. there and uh Patty, she kept always kept us all in line, and you guys were the you guys won family of the year, I think, in the FCA. Like uh, you guys are just you're an awesome family. You guys are all pretty tight knit down there, hey? Yeah, you. Uh, yeah, it's pretty funny that that um, you know a lot of people don't know that that my mom and dad had the scoreboard for a long time and took it to a bunch of rodeos. So um, yeah, you you got to know them pretty good, and uh, probably got to know me before I knew you and was just running around being a shitty little kid at all the rodeos. So 100%. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think before we finish up, I just got to ask, um, you mentioned roping for two buckles on Sunday and red deer. 
is the all around title something that is still part of your goals? It is. It isn't this year. Um, I mean, I would like to. I tried a little um, this spring, team roped a little, but um, honestly, I'm just so focused on uh, on making that yellow building right now and, and getting to the CFR and the calf roping that I'm not too worried about it. We uh, we got the rest of the life to get, get them all around buckles, but um, it would have been cool to get that one last year. Cause you, you were only, you were like, if you would have won the go around, it would have paid enough for you to win both. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I needed, I needed, uh, Jesse Papascal. I needed him to stay in the average and, and he fell out of the average, which kind of messed things up. But, um, not no, it, it, it's not a matter of if it's when you're going to win one, there's no question about it. So yeah, for sure. But yeah, maybe, maybe in another five years, another five years, we'll, uh, We'll get back in the all around, but got some stuff to take care of first. Yes, exactly. We're just gonna focus on the calf roping for right now. Calf roping and uh, and and working for questionable wages in the in the crawfish shack. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's right. He, he says, <laughs> yeah, I figured. <laughs> <laughs> We've just been discussing workers' compensation and uh, wages. But... Yeah. Does Shane have a comment on that? Can he? Can he? Uh, can he hear us? Yeah, we pay we pay well. We pay by experience and we pay by uh free practice sessions. <laughs> <laughs> I'd I'd say it I'd say it worked because uh that, that Calgary check covers it. Uh-huh. Yeah, that just means he's working for free next next <laughs> <laughs> Um, Shane, we've uh we've talked about you lots on, on this show though, uh and you've been been on it with us before. Good uh good to see you. It's been a while, but uh just maybe one quick thing on uh, on Bo. And just your experience of them and seeing them at the schools, and I, I just, I'm curious on your side, just, just uh, what you saw in this guy to give him a chance and bring him down to uh, stay with you guys. Yeah, man. I mean, uh, I tell everybody, I, I didn't do anything. I mean, it was all this kid. I mean, from the first clinic there in Cardston, I could tell that he was a little bit different than my other students, and um, then you know he asked if he could come to Texas and. I said, whenever you want, and he took me up on it, and that was, you know, for me, uh, after he wrote in the Final Four, um, like, the joy that I experienced there was probably way better than me winning it myself. Uh, you know, I, I've been fortunate to win it, and it's it's life-changing, but for whatever thing that he's went through the last six months and um, you know, to, to see where he is and to see how he handled it all, he handled it you know, all that stuff in March, he handled it way better than I would have. And I tell people that, that that ask me every day about him that they don't make a better kid and they don't make a better family. And, um, you know, I remember telling him that night when he got home from the Houston short round, uh, I mean, we were both kind of teared up and crying. And I just remember telling him something good's going to come out of this. I don't know what it is, but something good's going to come out of it. Um, it. I mean, it wasn't even, it was just kind of everything that had built up to that. And then when he was on the biggest stage of his life, in front of the most people in his life, he just rose to the occasion. That's something you can't teach. You can't teach that at a clinic. You can't can't teach that in the practice pen in Texas where we've been for so many nights. And um, you just got to be born with that, you know, that, that kind of winter mindset and winter mentality. And I've said it all along. I mean, he's, he's, he's made to be a winner. We all know how much Zeke's won and, and, and his dad, Coop, you know, he wrote really good. So 
um, it's bred in him. Now he's just he's just doing doing his part. Thanks. Uh, that's yeah. pretty pretty unreal, Shane. That's a pretty cool comment. Thanks for thanks for adding this in with us. Good to see you yeah, too. No yeah, yeah, good to see you guys. You guys stay well the uh the rest of the summer. And I got I got one more thing though. There's what what is your motivation for the practice to be in the shop in the wintertime when it's 30 below out to do that? Like, I think that's one thing that, you know, Shane mentions that you're born with it, but like, what's it? There's still gotta be the motivation to go do that. What, why, what's your, why? I think just, just that, you know, I, every kid wants to be a world champion and, and make the NFR. So, you know, I, had to try to find a way to to practice even though you know you, you it's hard to find calves in the winter up there and so going to school and and then uh you know it's dark from 4 30 on so you know it's it's not real just much fun to practice but you can go kick the lights on in the shop and rope the bale 200 times and and tie the dummy a bunch so that's what i felt like i had to do to get better every day and so that's what i did and you know, at the time, I didn't know if that was the right thing to do or not, but I was doing it no matter what. So um, I feel like that's that's just uh, uh, I don't I don't really know what to say there, but, it, you know, it's just it's got to get done and and uh, you get one percent better every day. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know. It not every day you feel like going and roping. I can guarantee you that there's days at Shane's house. I don't feel like roping at all, but we still go out there and do it. Um just if you want to be at this level, you gotta you gotta do it. It's just like waking up and going to a job, you know. Yeah. Some days, some days you really don't want to go do it, but you still go do it anyway because, um, you know, you get moments where uh, you win fifty thousand on the biggest stage in your life, and and all of those uh, all those moments of of all those hard work and the shop when it was minus thirty out, you know, it makes it all worth it. There's only one more question to go, Dustin. Yeah. So, Bo, uh, what is your definition of cowboy shit? Cowboy shit. Oh, man. Alberta. <laughs> ranching with Zeke, probably. <laughs> All those ranching days with, ranching with Zeke. And... Ranching with Zeke or uh, doing something with Riley Warren. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know what? I will. Uh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> that is. Yeah. A... Well, I have a feeling that. Uh, there's gonna be one day there'll be two gold buckles uh, making crawfish in that trailer. You're, uh, <laughs> you got a hell of a story, you know. Not many, not many 21 year old tied on ropers could have an hour and a half podcast about their life already. Yeah, but uh, and and it's and it's certainly not a, a uh, it's not a bad story. It's a, a damn cool story, and and uh, and I think that uh, you're you're from a great family. You're a great kid, and uh, it's been fun watching you grow up and. And everything you've got, you've earned and, and deserved. So it's uh, it's it's been damn cool to talk with you and, and catch up on all this stuff because uh, it's been a whirlwind just to watch it. I can't imagine uh, living it, but I'm excited to see where you where you keep going with all this. So yeah, thank you, Dustin. I appreciate it. It damn sure has been a whirlwind, <laughs> but we wouldn't change it for the world. That's for sure. I'm uh, I'm happy to say I'm now a Bo Cooper fan. So uh, looking forward to seeing more out there, Bo. Cool. Yeah. Thank you. Awesome. Okay. Well, thanks for joining us. Uh, um, appreciate it again. Thanks. Uh, thanks for doing the show with us, Bo. This was awesome. Yeah. Hell yeah. Thanks for having me.
I've got to say, I am incredibly impressed with Bo Cooper. There's a few people we've talked to on the show that, like, one that I really remember recently was Kendall Pearson. And this, like, the drive to practice and the drive to, like, be out there and proving the craft day after day. Like, people that achieve this greatness, they're different. And the practice when nobody else is around is, I think, part of the difference. Oh, yeah. And that's the a reason why, a huge part. And that's why Bo is in the situation he's in, for sure. And he made a he made a comment in, in the show, and again, not a knock, but he just said, like, the group of tie-down ropers in Canada right now, like, they're really good. But he's, and I think he used the word homebody. Yeah. And, and it kind of, and again, not in a bad way, but I'm like, okay, I started thinking about the guys who are always at the CFR. And, and not going south. And I'm like, you know what? It makes a good point. Like, there's really good tie-down ropers, but a lot of these guys are just, are, and not in a bad way, they're hanging at home, they're ranching, they're yeah. they're breaking horses and, and doing whatever. So I was like, you know what? He's not wrong. And there's a lot of good calf ropers. And so when he said that, I always think about us, oh, we need more Canadians. But I'm like, you know what? A lot of these guys that are our best are still not at his level because they're just, they're content. And or maybe they're not content, but. To hang out, but it's they, fucking they do expensive thing. to travel. Goddamn right. Yeah, they you probably know, don't want for, to for eight bronc much. riders to take a saddle and go hit the trail. I know it's a expensive and loading up in a rig, but yeah, you're, to buy you get a good horse. horse. Yeah, even bulldoggers, five guys can jump in a trailer with with one one, uh, team. one team and go. Yeah, yeah. So I totally get it. And Bo made a good point. Like they're good, but there's a lot of guys that just don't have that drive to go because it is so much work. Yeah, and he said he's like, it is work. It is a yeah, lot. Absolutely. So. Um, but he's put the work in, man. He's uh love his family. Mm-hmm. Uh really cool. Remember when I was a kid, I first met his dad as he's playing beer league hockey in the Big Valley Cowboys <laughs> team coop. He was a beauty. Uh, his mom's awesome, his sister's great. It's just a great family. And uh yeah, I, I thought uh, and he's so well spoken. Like, oh yeah, a, impressive. He, you know, a lot of guys it takes them a long time to become a professional. And, and and I say that in the way they present themselves, the way they dress, like you can see guys evolve, but like he's just been that way and that's also a big reason why he is where he is and 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 his cousin zeke was like that you know carried himself well and and some guys it's taken some time to 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 learn that but he's a he's a acting like a consummate pro already and well i didn't even ask who he's traveling with but like he obviously was with shane yeah and i think he travels with ty harris a bit okay Uh, i didn't even ask that question i didn't know but yeah like i said like at the end of that interview like i'm a bo cooper fan now oh right he's a beauty man yeah i'm a i'm a fan Yes, yeah, when, when we when we started talking last night about getting him on the show, it was like I was excited because I'm like, yeah, I know he's gonna be perfect. I know he's gonna be good and so cool to see him win Calgary and this like th- this is like things that like a books made out of or like some of it is yeah for sure like you know it's pretty neat trials 100%. and tribulations. Cool 100%. dude, cool dude. So thanks, thanks to both for uh, taking the time to be on the show with us and pretty unreal comments by Shane at the end too. Oh, to have him jump I got in. Chills. I got chills when Shane, Shane was talking about about Bo at the end. I was like, this is freaking so cool. Yeah, I think we need to get uh, Shane sponsoring the pod with uh, <laughs> with Bo's whatever Bo's Bo's uh, Bo's Crab Shack or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I what it, crawfish and crawfish. Yeah, yeah, we got to get the official name here. Yeah, we got to find but, that. Uh, yeah, pretty pretty cool story and. Uh, uh yeah he was a great interview yeah it was a lot of fun so uh coming up though uh well i'm gonna go to do cheyenne be back in pollockville uh head over to strathmore then dawson creek gator's gonna go to coronation and elnora um and we talked about we are in your schedule too and you were gonna be in uh we ended up at bruce 
Sunday Funday at Bruce. Then you go to what? Uh, Tofield's putting on a PBR. Yeah, that's so like you get a weekend there. off though. There. Yeah, then. yeah, we get the long weekend off. Um, so that's exciting because usually we have Bruce Medicine Hat. You usually end up time. on the long weekend. Yeah. So that, and then uh, then we go to Pincher Creek. Yep. Uh, CPRA Rodeo, then Lethbridge. Yep. Oh yeah. And then out to Merritt. Oh yeah. So uh, get the one weekend off, and then we just keep on rocking and rolling, and uh, yeah. Always love finishing with those rodeos. There's some fun rodeos. Lethbridge is cool. Um, they get the uh, Indian relay races going after the perfs. Oh, yeah, that's true. And did you see some of the shit from Calgary on those relay races? No, I didn't see much of any of oh, them. Oh, you should see some of the videos. Those guys had some wild shit going oh, on. Really? It was good. Like good watching. Right on. Yeah, it was it was really cool. Right on. Yeah, really cool. And then uh and then out to Merritt and um uh, finishing off a little stop in Kelowna and right and on. uh yeah. Right on. So be a lot of fun. Be a fun uh, couple weeks, and we'll throw in some new podcasts here along the way. And uh, yeah, if you got any guests you want to uh, suggest to us, we uh, we've got some shows we're going to be working on the next little bit. But uh, yeah, if there's anybody that you want to hear on the show that you maybe haven't heard, or maybe somebody got to go back to and talk to again, but let us know. Yeah, it's amazing how many times people say, "Hey, this guy would be cool." It's true. So yeah, so let us know. Yeah, if you've got uh, Kevin Costner on speed dial or yeah, if you know Clint him, Eastwood. If you got him, yeah, just let them know yeah, we're let us know. we're ready. Yeah. So thanks, Dustin. Thanks for uh for being here. Yeah, it's thanks good for to have you in in the house. Shout out to Storm uh, for uh, putting some nice lights above my bed. Yeah, making me lamps. feel right at home. We got some lamps. Uh, we got some fruit snacks down here. Yeah, we're life's, rolling now. Life is good. We are rolling. <laughs> we had some good. Life is good at HQ. Chicken kebabs tonight. Yeah, oh. outstanding. Great, great time. Good times. Okay, well, thanks everybody for listening. Once again, we're on the we're now on the PBR podcast network as well. Check out all the other shows uh, as part of the network, and uh, and we'll report back to you after. Uh, I guess we'll be the next show will be uh, sometime in August. So that's coming up. Uh, yeah, August 9th. So talk to y'all again in a couple weeks. Thanks for tuning in. Once again, it's Cowboy Shit. My name is Ted Stoven. He is Dustin Edwards, and uh, make sure to get your Cowboy Shit. We got some new stuff coming in the month of August as well. Uh, it'll be coming out uh, later in the month of August. You'll see at some retailers August, September, into Christmas online as well. So, so yeah, stay tuned. Cowboyshit.ca. See you all next time. Say what you say. That I'm out here losing my mind. Some things never change. When you're gone, there ain't no sunshine. Some people don't believe. We go to heaven when we die. Some people believe. We're gonna burn in a ring of fire I came to let you know I can't let you go I came to let you know I can't let you go